Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go, 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 go. Welcome, folks. It's CatchCast number 52. terrible. Yeah, it was. I am Master Torgo. The famous Paul. (laughs) 80s Jeff. And, yeah, it's all week in geek time. Before we get all this good stuff, uh, important to know, it's uh, Towel Day. Yes. It's officially Tuesday, so by the time you're hearing this, Towel Day is over, so I hope you brought your towel. I've got mine. Yes, you do. Look at you. I've got mine. Paul's not ready. Paul can can go raid the, the cupboard. Get a hey, towel. Design. We have extras. Better bring a towel. Oh no! Yeah, for those who don't know, this is the annual tribute uh, for the passing of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy author Douglas Adams. And you can always check towelday.org for a list of events in your uh, country slash city slash area. And uh, some places even give you free food just for carrying in a towel. So nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So this this happens. It's out there. I wonder if Barry's going through that in England right now. I'll bet you they've got a little oh, something I'm going sure on. Oh, I'm sure there's quite a few towels out there in his wiener tour. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Where's your towel? I, I, I wanted to send him a text message. Unfortunately, I didn't have any way to. But when he was at Stonehenge, I wanted to ask if he backed into it and knocked all the stones over. Oh, what a Griswold reference you make, sir. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Long ago, <laughs> I during be there, the time of the Druids. I wanted to be there when he drives through <laughs> London. He was like, hey, look, everybody, Big Ben, Parliament. Again? Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. Well, there's a lot of shit, so let's start with the shit. News you don't give a shit about. Oh, who knows? That's true. Something in here that might be. You know, there's always one thing in there that I'm like, I actually give a shit about. That's true. Maybe you might actually care about this one, Jeff. All right. I'm listening. There you go. New Line Cinema. Mm -hmm. Hire Jason Richmond to begin work on a script for a movie adaptation of the television series MacGyver. I heard about this. Because, uh, what do you call it, so big? Uh, McGruber, yeah, the, the big failure That's, of this week. That is part of the reason did why it, did they it did fail? it. 4.1 million, I think, is the, uh, the bring-in. Yeah. That one heard. I hear it's good. That's what I heard, too, but it just didn't make anyone nobody wanted it's, to see it's it. It's actually yeah. getting good reviews, but people are, just aren't going to see it. Yeah. But, but wow. given the fact that they, they um, fast-tracked it and got it into theaters on a very, fairly low budget, mm-hmm. it's probably going to end up making money, sure. if nothing else, on, well, on, sure. on disc. But it uh, but it doesn't help the uh, the lineage of Saturday Night Live characters making it to film and doing well. Well, right there you go. Oh, Wayne's World probably the the main and you know, I guess to some extent the Coneheads being the exceptions. Well, in case you don't know what MacGyver is, a series uh, starred Richard Dean Anderson ran from 1985 to 1992 on ABC. Oh, Richard it's a Dean big, Anderson, big jump. <laughs> oh. Followed a brilliant secret agent who was able to infiltrate and escape any place or situation, no matter how difficult or how little resources that he had available to him. People don't realize that his actual first name is Mac, and his last name is Guyver. Oh, really? That's a full. What's no, his name? No, no, wasn't his first name. No, uh, it's not true. Everybody called him Mac. It's a fat lie. <laughs> you know, I wonder if Patty and Summer watched. Stargate to see. Of course, uh, yeah, of course they did. I don't That's, remember it ever. They don't reference it yet, but it's got to be somewhere some, some along the way. It's going to be like, oh, we got to go watch Stargate. Richard Dean Anderson. Oh. 
Well, in the hands of Jason uh, Richmond, it's in, well, I won't say it's exactly good hands. His writing credits include uh, Bad Company, uh, Swing Boat, Bangkok Dangerous. Bangkok Dangerous? Yeah. The Bangkok Dangerous? Is that the original one or is that the... No, uh, that's no. the, uh, I'm pretty the sure one. that's the new one. Yeah. And uh, he also helped out on Rush Hour 3 Ugh. and contributed one of the drafts of Beverly Hills Cop 4. You know what? So I gotta say, the Rush Hour series mm-hmm. took a major shit with the third one. You think? Don't, I, don't no, most I, of them take a major shit by number three? Well, but I mean, like, yeah. the first two were fairly consistently good. And then all of a sudden, the third one comes out. I couldn't even watch five minutes of that thing. It was so awful. Really? It was. Just I don't think I've seen number three. Terrible. I'm not sure I've seen two. I didn't see it all the way through. I think I saw part of it on an airplane without the sound on. I was like, "What a piece of shit." Yeah, that's how I saw Wild Hog. So I'm with you. Oh, Angus. <laughs> that was MacGyver's first name. Was Angus? Angus? Angus MacGyver? Angus MacGyver? Angus really MacGyver? Angus MacGyver? <laughs> that's awesome. What's his middle name? I don't know. Dean. I think it should be Wee. <laughs> Angus Wee MacGyver. All right, news you don't give a shit about. Pirates of the Caribbean and Prince of Persia producer Jerry Bruckheimer has now turned his eyes toward space. His production company and Disney have combined forces and wallets to pick up Lightspeed, a script from Pirates co-writer Terry Rossio and Bill Marsili. Could be Marsili. Whatever. Yeah, Bruckheimer plunked down $3.5 million for that script from his old pal Rossio, so you know it's got to be good. <laughs> According to Variety, the plot follows a young space pilot who joins the Earth interstellar racing team and must make his way across the galaxy oh, just as no. war is about to break out. Stop it. Empire Magazine <laughs> Stop it. describes it as, quote, a blend of Speed Racer and Star Wars. Oh. No. <laughs> Hot race to the galaxy. Everything you hate about both franchises. No word yet on when Lightspeed will lift off, but Bruckheimer wants to make it as live action film and possibly in 3D. Oh, possibly in 3D? <laughs> Imagine that. It's a that. fucking prize. <laughs> Goddamn, the 3D bullshit. Bullshit. I know it. I know it. It's oh, come on, be, Paul. Oh, it's going to be done in a year. Come on, Paul. <laughs> they're just trying to prep us for the coming of the holodecks. Man, it really doesn't matter because <laughs> what are we? We're, we're almost at 2011, and that's it. 2012. Good night. Oh God! It's happening. That's why 3D's coming back. Because nobody cares. Nobody's got anything to lose anymore. The powers of be like, oh fuck it, let's make 3D again. Blurg. You know those first programs for the holodecks are just going to be shit. Dude, Uh, they're all going to be porn. Yeah. Well, that's but that's all anybody wants. Shit porn. Oh shit porn (laughs) with a wiener machine. (laughs) Oh Lord, a wiener holodeck. (laughs) <laughs> up on the wiener deck. <laughs> I've created this holodeck. With it, you can go anywhere in the world, and it's like you're actually there. Paris. Never been to Paris? Never been to the pyramids? Nah, I just want to fuck something. <laughs> Does it do wieners? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gay, but I want to have a wiener. I want a Halloweenie. <laughs> <laughs> just to see what it's like. Happy Halloweenie. <laughs> Be a whole nother holiday. <laughs> Where you get your gay on for one evening. <laughs> it's Halloweeny. Put on a mask and a dress and go get your Halloweeny on. I think you can get Congress to pass that one, actually. Man, Congress couldn't pass that because they can't pass a weenie anyway. 
Oh, Congress boy. is gay. Not that it. Let me just say this. Too. Yes, yes. I love gay people. Of course. Because uh, I'm a theater guy. Right. And uh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, but I think it's. <laughs> is that your I disclaimer? Still, I think I still think it's a terribly hilarious pejorative. The views of the famous Paul do <laughs> not, not necessarily reflect well, those of not, the ugly couch show. It's not fair. It's not right. But what is in life? Mm, it's true. Okay. There, that I've said my piece. There it is. There Wieners! <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. James nope. Franco. Oh, that's really all I have to say. That, that's enough. <laughs> that's pretty much that's it. Enough. No, right. he, he's good. No, you're right. I do like him. I've liked him in a lot of things. He's especially good. Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, I was going to say, you liked Dude, him in Freaks he was, and Geeks. loved him in Freaks and Geeks. He's really good in Spider-Man 2. And, and uh, not so much 3. James Franco has landed the lead oh, role good now. in Rise of the Apes. Fox's upcoming oh. reboot prequel of Planet of the Apes franchise, according to Deadline. The actor will play a scientist who... Dr. Zayas? Uh, you know, who Dr. knows? Zayas, that Dr. could be Zayas. the twist. Dr. That's Zayas, the twist. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Classic um, Simpsons. Love it. The actor will play a scientist whose search for a cure to Alzheimer's disease inadvertently produces advanced what? intelligence advanced in an ape test subject. <laughs> yeah, monkey scratch. Franco's character thus sets in motion the chain of events that will eventually lead to an ape revolution. Well, it seems that the, the screw has turned. You have made me hyper-intelligent through your <laughs> Alzheimer's research. Now... My plans to take over your puny world will swing into action, if you'll forgive the monkey vine pun. My first order of business will be to... Oh, wait, where did I put my bananas? Where did I... Oh, what did they... Didn't what they do was that I already just talking on... about? What was I just talking about? I can't remember. Boo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> Your Alzheimer's research has done me in. I'm super intelligent and super forgetful. Boo hoo hoo. Why am I so sad? Who are you? What am I holding my own feces for? I think you have a script mm, in I that, actually. I just ate it. I just ate my poop. Didn't Professor Oh, Farnsworth... why does my breath smell like poop? Why do I taste poop? Oh, Boy, I'm hungry for some poop. Oh, it Wait. hurts. It hurts a lot. It hurts didn't, now. Didn't Professor Farnsworth already do that on Futurama? <laughs> Probably. But, I mean... The... Oh, wait, his was a top hat, and the hat had the circuitry oh, that made right. him intelligent. Oh, that's right, the monkey got smart. What was that monkey's name? I forget. Oh, that was a good episode. That monkey was cute. And <laughs> they knocked the hat off, and he's all... <laughs> oh, I remember... Oh, he was so sad. Didn't he have his brain exposed? I oh, I don't recall like that. that episode too well. <laughs> you don't remember that? I kind of remember it. I remember the smart monkey a little. He was little, too. He was a tiny little smart monkey. What was his name? But that's it for my shit news, guys. Although, uh, you know, <laughs> issue could be taken with some of the stuff coming up. So let's go on a Weekend Geek. Moving forward on the full. Weekend Geek. Pinch it in the cheek. <laughs> All right, this, this one just caught me. I mean, this is... Oh, I'm just going to go into it. Serious, go. serious news. Here we go. Serious shit. As many of you out there know, 
On April 20th, a massive oil well in the Gulf of Mexico ruptured, causing an explosion in BP's Deepwater Horizon drilling platform. Yes. yes. Leading to the devastating leakage of millions of gallons of oil on a daily basis. Yes. Right. Since this catastrophe has unfolded, experts of all levels and areas have been working desperately to try and figure out a way not to only contain the relentless gushing of oil into the waters, but also a way to clean up the oil that pollutes the water already. Are you doing the water world one? Oh, yeah. At first... <laughs> The best idea that they could come up with was to throw a box over the leak and suck up all the oil, which did go very well. After that, it was thought some sort of sponge or absorption device would be best. Now the L.A. Times is reporting that the very best option might just lie in the hands of none other than actor Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner! Costner. <laughs> As it turns out... I love this story. Back in 1989, around the time of the Exxon Valdez oil spill, a technology was developed with the Department of Energy that Costner, inspired by Waterworld, decided to purchase. After buying the technology, the actor put in the hands put it in the hands of a team of scientists and engineers to do whatever was necessary to perfect the imperfections of its original design. At present day, 15 years and 24 million of Costner's own money later, this oil removing system is ready to go. <laughs> and some think it's just the answer to the Gulf Coast Oh, it gets Gulf better, Paul. The machines are essentially like big vacuum cleaners, yeah. which, sit, which sit on barges uh-huh. and suck up oily water and spin it around at high sure. speed. That makes sense. And one side, it spits out pure oil, which can be recovered, and the yeah. other side spits out 99% pure water. The largest machine is 112 inches high, weighs two and a half tons, and cleans 210,000 gallons a day of oily water. They're hoping to have 10 machines out that out there that size, meaning they could potentially clean te- 2 million gallons of oil water per day. BP likes the idea and is ready to test out six of these machines next week. If all goes well, then all the necessary steps will be taken to secure them as the hopeful solution they have been seeking. It kills me on this because I... <laughs> Apparently, Costner is so much of a method actor that when he was doing the script for Waterworld, he's like, I want a machine that actually does what we do in the script. So he, like, hires people and and says, okay, I want you to build this machine for me. Here's a whole bunch of money. Good for (laughs) you. And he has, like, I mean, I get, because, like, he's, like, a, he's, a, you know, an amamateur environmentalist, blah, 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 Uh, you know, an activist. Doesn't sound like he's an amateur anymore. I'd say professional. (laughs) He's got, like, Apparently, ten of these machines if in varying it, varying sizes. Clean the scum. <laughs> the idea that I like most about this whole story is that here is the largest ecological disaster of the last century, easily. It, whose potential solution is an actor is from Waterworld. <laughs> the All worst, right. the biggest movie disaster this, ever. I mean, it wasn't. It, well, the movie made the its money back. Yeah, it really wasn't that bad of a movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Are you killing yeah. me? Are you no, kidding me? It was pretty me? awful. I enjoyed it. Actually. I did not I, like the movie. I saw it in the theater and had a fine time with it, and it made for an excellent pinball machine. I'll tell you this. This is the th- yeah. This is the thing. The after effects of Waterworld are all awesome. The pinball machine, mm-hmm. top of the line. Oh, yeah. oh, the Universal show? The was Universal cool. stunt show? That Brilliant. was pretty cool. Balls out awesome. Yeah, that's it a was pretty cool. Show. If they had made that into a movie, <laughs> balls out awesome. And now, clearly, water cleaning technology that we are going to need from this point on. 
this movie that people shit on 15 years ago could be the, our environmental savior now. Well, the, the movie was right to be shit on, but the things that came I out of the movie... It. I don't think it was great, but I enjoyed it. The things that came out of the movie, you know, that, that's fine. You know. So what I'm saying is there's potential <laughs> in all these movies coming out. Well, the, just wait, 15 years from now, Transformers 1, maybe even 2... No, is going to bring to. it bring in forward in some in engineering feat. You wait. The only thing I'm worried about now is Dennis Hopper going and blowing up <laughs> these necessary machines. <laughs> well, because he'll do it too. He will. He's crazy as fuck. Maybe it was Dennis Hopper's fault in the first place. Maybe he went in there and just patonged it. But you know what? At it. least he's not as crazy as Gary Busey. Busey oh. has gone off the deep <laughs> end. I am going to reach into your throat and pull out your endocrine system. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if Gary Busey was attempting to swim down to it right now. <laughs> He's down there right uh, now. I almost made it. I just need another breath. i got to hold it. Come back down here once I get a breath of air. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to go up and get a breath. Because I'm almost there. I saw all them bubbles. Blurf. <laughs> Tiny bubbles. Oh, it's so that whole thing is so bad. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Until we get those holodecks, this next one is for you. Oh, okay. oh, right. there we go. What is it? Game Nation. Game Nation is gearing up to make your live action role playing dreams come true. Uh oh. Oh no. Now scouting locations for the world's first quote experimental video game theme park and resort. Really? Now, in 1981, Larry Niven and Stephen Barnes uh, produced a book called Dream Park. I read it. It's actually a lot of fun. A novel about an interactive role-playing game resort where players participate in live-action role-playing games and with the aid of holographic technology, like any other pen and paper video game RPG, players accrue experience points and power. With the aid of holographic technology. Yes, in the book. Gaining the respect of their peers... And striking fear in the hearts of their enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's what Game Spoon. Nation sounds like, sounds the holographic technology. <gasps> it's a massive role-playing game set in its own resort, complete with weapons, classes, and experience points. Okay, so they need, they have actors there? Well, I guess that's what they're going to need. Oh, buddy. We need to go. <laughs> I'm sending in my resume right now. <laughs> I have eight. Years, nine years of Klingon experience, you sir. See? Yeah, you're in, man. I did the live action role playing. Are you counting your time at uh, at uh, Kings Island? Kings yeah. Island, as nine well? years. Yes, I would have thought it would have been more than that. Well, no. the park was only open for ten. Well, Trek was open for ten. Yeah, but, nine years. But you I wasn't right. at Trek the whole time. I know you weren't. I'm just saying close, but not the whole time. Now, the press release doesn't deliver much in the way of specifics. Instead, talking about big and grand adventures you will have, and a special message from Game Nation creator Rook. R U K E Rook. 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 The Rook. The Rook. The Rook is on fire. If he dropped the E, he, he would be a, a character from the original and series. He caught on fire. Okay, wait. Rook, Rook is quoted as I remember when I was younger and I played video games. When I finished a game, I wished the world was real and I could be a part of it, said Rook, creator of Game Nation. It's fantastic that people will actually realize everything they've seen in a video game come to life. With oh, se- boy. Yeah, with several locations. <laughs> I don't want to work for this guy anymore. Across the U.S. and Japan, Magic Quest is probably the closest 
anyone has come to commercializing LARPing, giving players special wands they can use outside of official locations to duel other players. There's even an online <laughs> Magic Quest game created by misdeveloper Cian Wilds. The Game Nation sounds a bit more ambitious, but it's hard to tell. Creators are currently looking for the ideal location for the theme park slash resort and should have that wrapped up within the next year. Welcome to Iowa. Perhaps then we'll get more information on what that exactly entails and whether or not Rook can pull it off. So, wasn't, yeah. it, uh, LARP, wasn't it the Lizards Club Dread that they did the, li- the, the live action Pac-Man game? I don't know. You haven't seen that one? Nope. Why not? I'm not a big Broken Lizard fan. I thought you were. No. Hmm. You're thinking of another person. There you go. No broken <laughs> lizard for Paul. Nope. My lizard is not broken yet. It's depressed, but not broken. <laughs> well, out there, there's a demo for uh, Rock Band Green Day. It's currently up on oh, Xbox Live. Oh, this is Live. exciting as balls. I bet you're thrilled to the gills. I am just, uh, I am goofy with anticipation. Yep. Of so actual interest. Happened is this image greeting users when they quit the demo, teasing Rock Band 3 with oh, a with little ebony and ivory. Yep, I saw this. You take a look up there at those little icons. There's bass drum, guitar, bo- vocals, and three mics, suggesting the harmonies from the Beatles, a rock band are carrying over. And finally, on the right, a keyboard. Sure, a not keyboard. every song has one. Oh, not wait. every band has a pianist or a keyboardist either, but some do. And it looks like now you'll be able to rock out to those songs as nature intended. Yes, keyboard slash piano is coming to Rock Band 3. And Torgo is not all. creaming his shorts. What else you got? I, that's all I got. They what? said that there's the keyboard, yes. Okay. But they said also there's scheduled to be a gong, oh, a no. guitar, and an auto-tune. Boo. No. That's no. not true. The only other implement they would need is cowbell. I'll take the keytar. Gotta have more cowbell. And a flute. I want an accordion. <laughs> I think that'd be great. We need it for all the Weird Al songs. Yeah. All the Weird Al, they might be Giants packed. Yeah, accordion. that's all you need. Bring it. What more do you need in life? Be awesome. <laughs> a scientist briefed the White House to let the president know he'd created the world's first synthetic life form. Dr. Huh? Craig J. Venter announced... Wait, he created it? Yeah. Or, oh, well, I'm he, sure... He he, yeah. Uh, Mr. President, <laughs> you created the world's first synthetic life form. What are you trying to uh, say? What, <laughs> what, what are you saying about my wife? Or my children. My children. <laughs> I'm saying that Robo Baby over here, <laughs> what are their names? What are his baby's names? Malia and Sasha? Yeah. Uh, Malia X1 <laughs> and Sasha Mark II. Right. Is it the same scientist from Small Wonder that created them? Absolutely. <laughs> that's why. That's why you don't hear him talking a lot because in, in press conferences and stuff, they're like, "Mother, can we go to the rose garden again?" <laughs> no, Malia. Very well. I'll go back into my box. Come here, Jamie. Uh, Malia. <laughs> no, let's just let's just hang out. Let's just go. <laughs> I want to dance. Let's dance. Let's dance, Malia. Oh, I feel dancey. Oh, I feel dance. Don't tell Daddy I dance. Oh, I really dance. wish everybody out there could see his face when he does this voice. Dance. It's so good. To this dance. odd, closed-eyed contentment. <laughs> Malia, oh, I want to dance. Mm. I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put this uh, Debbie Gibson tape in your back, and you're gonna sing it. Like Teddy Ruxpin. 
<laughs> you work like a Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> Dr. Craig J. Venter announced that he'd created the world's first Craig athletic J. life. Venter. Venter, that's his name. Oh, I am a great J. Venter. <laughs> He's the Nerm. world's first athletic life form, a DNA-like code somehow self-replicating as the genome in a group somehow of living cells. self-replicating? I'm sure. Well, I've made it. I don't know how it works. Now, that wasn't a quote. That Something was a read. with the self-replicating and the oil. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll give him a... Regeneration and the flying and the can't breathe. Wow. <laughs> oh. And the talking now. Uh, Dr. Yes. Venture calls the result a synthetic cell. And is uh, presenting the research as a landmark achievement that will open the way to creating useful microbes from scratch to make products like vaccines and biofuels. At the press conference on Thursday, Dr. Venter described the converted cell as the first self-replicating species we'd had on the planet whose parent is a computer. So yeah, DNA, self-replicating, making stuff. All right, whatever. There you we go. got two more years. <laughs> Until what? The robot apocalypse? <laughs> well, dude, I don't know how it's coming, but Judgment the Day figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, Are you Serkana? Serkanas? <laughs> do, do, do you have a self-replicating synthoid life form bacteria in your butthole? Serkana, <laughs> if you take this synth shit, everyone else will die. You must hold, squeeze the sphincter tight. Until I can take you into the future where the synthesis shit can be destroyed. <laughs> if you don't, Cyberdyne wins. You ate a Cyberdyne burger last week and the synth <laughs> and the synth babies oh, got no. into your bloodstream and they turned you into a synthesis shitter. That poop is going to come out of your butt and it's going to take over the world. <laughs> don't do it. Squeeze it. Squeeze it. Be strong. No. You know the penetrator had a better plot. Yeah. The penetrator. <laughs> Don't shit. Following the shocking report that she was dumped by director Michael Bay from the upcoming Transformers 3, Megan Fox issued a statement to People Magazine last night saying that she actually left the movie and was not fired. Okay. Megan Fox will Nobody not cares. be starring in Transformers 3. Will not be missed. <laughs> That's and very true. Nobody cares. That's very true. New female character with screenwriter uh, Aaron Cougar, with just six weeks to go for the film, uh, has been put in there. I guess she's a. Uh, a model for Victoria's Secret is her replacement. New character. But she can't again, be a worse actress. Well, you know what? I really can't deny that. You know what? I heard they're going to have a, uh, a character in there just to kind of dig at her. It's going to be a transforming toe thumb. <laughs> <laughs> what is it transform? Huh? It's tran- transformed to a big toe It's called hangnail. This is the third one's gonna. Nail. The <laughs> third one's gonna be Transformers Three: Revenge of the Stereotypes. You really just hated Man. that moment uh, in that movie, didn't you? That movie's terrible. It's, I never saw it's it. It's really awful, dude. It is terrible. It is racist. It's racist to robots, even. It's the, <laughs> it's the worst movie ever. It's racist. It's homophobic. It's heterophobic. It's 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 uh, xenophobic. It's it's misogynistic. It's so it's everything Michael Bay fans love. It's everything Michael Bay is, I guess. <laughs> it it's reduced, horrible. It reduced a really cherished childhood cartoon series down to a couple of dick and fart jokes. Now, ah. if you watch the cartoon series yeah. again, which I did, it's not that great. <laughs> no, it's but not. But it's fun, 
And it doesn't do all these horrible things. Man. The movie's good, though. That second movie's so bad. Oh, that movie's not that good. The original Transformers animated oh, movie? No, oh, buddy. come on. I, it again. I enjoyed it. I just watched it recently. It's I, all right. I it's not that had good. had fun with it. Yeah, but the, they killed Prime. It was so terrible. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> According to a recent study by Jane Gackenbach. Oh, the yeah. Gackenbach survey came out. Yes, it did. That's a psychologist at Grant McEwen University in Canada. Studies reveal that saying my name often will cause phlegm to erupt. <laughs> People who play video games on a regular basis are more likely to achieve lucidity in dreams. Oh, yeah, we can control our nightmares. Yeah, but the gamer can only control as much as he or she could control in an actual game. Oh, Gacken- be out, be out, be out. Found that, found that gamers could, for the most part, only take control of themselves, guiding themselves through a world they had no conscious role in constructing. A later study found that the gamers were also less intimidated by nightmares and would often fight back against the fear. Geichenbach is currently examining the effects of violent video games on dreams. Fascinating. Yeah, there it is. Dream Master. Whoopie-doo. Nightmare on Elm Street Three in video game form. Do for dreams. Now this video. Fine. No, that, no, that just that sets up the weird world you're going to go into when you F read it before in the it. A. Okay. Well, if you're a horror film buff who takes your interest much too far, you may be interested to know that the Long Island house that inspired the Amityville horror is up to sale. Okay, so long, guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, for one point five one point one five million dollars. The Amityville House's real estate listing cheerfully refers to it as Legendary Amityville Home. Pristine, charming three-story waterfront Dutch colonial, commanding beautiful views of Amityville River. Special features and improvements include a renovated boathouse, bulkhead, gas heating system, roof, windows, sprinkler system, central stereo system. Really, roof is a special feature? That's nice. Hey! Maybe it's supposed to be like new roof. Roof, roof, roof. is code for... for angry Indian ghost. <laughs> and an acre of professionally <laughs> landscaped property. It neglects to mention, however, that six people were murdered in the house in 1974 and that its, uh, that its renters thereafter, the Lutz family, claimed to have experienced strange hauntings for 28 days. Their experience was the basis of the award-winning 1977 book by Jay Anson, The Amityville Horror, A True Story which in turn led to the famous Oscar-nominated 1979 horror movie of the same name and that remake they did. Wasn't it proved to be a hoax a couple yeah, of years it's, ago? It's yeah, the, that's what I thought. Well, the, 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 yeah, the Lutz's story is the hoax, but the murders that took place there... No, yeah, that was, that was supposed to be... That's real. Yeah. Legendary Pictures is really justifying its name with uh, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight Watchmen, The Hangover under its belt, and Inception coming in July. What could make the studio more awesome? This. Legendary has obtained the rights to Mass Effect. Really? Yes, BioWare's wildly successful franchising sur- franchise surrounding Commander Shepard's exploits, vanquishing evil aliens, and protecting the universe. In uh, talks to write the script is Mark Protasevich, who wrote I Am Legend and contributed to 2011's Thor. Okay, so here's the ultimate uber geek thing. All right. They get Matthew Fox Ooh. to play Commander Shepard. And subtly, they extend the lost timeline into outer space. And Ben Linus shows up in the sequel and twists the donkey wheel on a spaceship. And it disappears. Fucking cool. There you go. That's fine. 
do it. It's a good idea. Make it happen. And you know the sad Seth thing Green is, Torgo knows too. nothing of what we're talking about. I haven't right seen now. that. He gets it though. <laughs> we should get a T-shirt for you that says that. I haven't seen that. I haven't. I haven't seen that <laughs> shit. But I don't know what you guys are talking about. What is this show about? Sports? Fart. <laughs> it is about sports. It's mostly about <laughs> volleyball, beach volleyball. I like beach volleyball. I just Who don't doesn't? like the video games based Fire! on it. Playing with the boys. Yeah. Yeah, let's do the homoerotic song. reference. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh come on. You loved Top that, Gun. That, oh, no, day. I did not. I did not love Top Gun. That scene is so Ever. drenched in homoeroticism. I know, right? It's the gayest thing that ever happened. It is so gay. <laughs> Oil, oily men. Playing with the boys. But oily a, song. A man of, singing and playing with the boys. Just bumping and... Like and a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, Robin stuff and gifts other stuff. Accidentally slipping my dick in your butt. <laughs> okay, that reminds me of a great joke I heard oh, today. No. <laughs> please, there's please a, do tell. There's a four alarm fire going on. Oh boy, he's never gonna get through the joke. <laughs> See, and the uh, fire chief is out there. The fire chief is out there, and he's like, he's like, I got two of my men stuck inside that building. Damn it, I'm going in. And he runs in. And he's like, Rodriguez, Stevens, where are you, Rodriguez, Stevens? And he starts to hear this. He's like, Rodriguez, Stevens. He gets up to the second floor, he kicks in a burning door, and there in the middle of this burning building are these firemen having crazy hot ass sex. <laughs> and they're going to town, humpity hump, hump, hump. He's like, Rodriguez, Stevens, what the hell are you doing? And Rodriguez says, I'm sorry, sir. It just got out of hand. Uh, he says, he says, uh, says Stevens fainted. And he says, he says, well, then you should give him mouth to mouth. He says, well, how do you think this started? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Play it with the boys. <laughs> oh, God. Volleyball's in your mouth. <laughs> Speaking of, Volleyball's zombie meat. An exquisite new Japanese snack for the horror enthusiast. Saw this. Consists of bite-sized chunks of tender blue flesh that, according to the package, has been aged to deadly perfection at the graveyard. The ghastly meat at snack. At the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> the <We> gra- <laughs> Wasn't that a song by uh, Other Bad Creation? <laughs> at the graveyard. Uh-huh. You know. ABC. Yeah. <laughs> What's he laughing at now? <laughs> the ghastly meat snack. He's gone. Aged to deadly perfection at the graveyard? No! Really? That's what smoke. got you? I got, I got a smoker. I'm taking it to the graveyard. <laughs> Days. <laughs> there he went. He went to cough level. Oh! <laughs> At the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> it apparently tastes remarkably like peppered beef jerky. Can you imagine? 
I can imagine like, what. Famous Dave's truck pulls out of the fucking graveyard. Everyone's like, what the? He's like, oh, no, nothing to see here. Just aging it to deadly perfection. <laughs> what? It's like, why did it have to be at the graveyard? Dave. <laughs> like, you couldn't. Let meat rot anywhere. It had to be at the graveyard. <laughs> it's infectious. I guess so. I think I think you're my buffer because it's not it's not spreading past you. If the most infectious laugh. Aged to deadly perfection. Zombie meat can be found at select uh, shops in Japan for 399 yen. You can find it aging to deadly perfection. <laughs> <laughs> Which equals about 450 per pack. Oh. <laughs> Mitsubishi. <laughs> That's all you had to say. Yeah. Mitsubishi. <laughs> Mitsubishi. 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 As in <laughs> aging our Mitsubishi to deadly perfection. <laughs> That's it. Show's over. Oh, Everybody go home. At the graveyard. <laughs> We're going to lose at him. At the graveyard. We lost him ten minutes ago. Oh. The graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you got there? I got Mitsubishi right here. Mitsubishi, okay. Yeah, Mitsubishi has just finished installing five monster-sized <laughs> elevators in the building in a building in Osaka, Japan, each capable of carrying eighty people apiece. Okay. By Mitsubishi what? measurements, for a total of eleven thousand five hundred seventy-four pounds of capacity versus the one thousand to six thousand pounds of normal elevator capacity. According to CBS, these are the largest elevators ever constructed, measuring at 11.15 feet wide and 9.2 feet long and 8.5 feet tall. It's worth pointing out that these elevators wouldn't get as much bang for their buck if they were dealing with American passengers. According to the CDC most recent survey, the average American male weighs 191 pounds and the average American female weighs 164 pounds. Divide the elevator capacity of 11,000 pounds by the average... And you get just 65 American passengers. Unless some of those passengers have been aged to deadly perfection. Like Corwood. Their weight is considerably less when they're zombie when they're jerky. When they're zombie jerky. <laughs> Blue zombie jerky. <laughs> Go ahead. Blue. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> What are you crossing off? Oh, I'm crossing off nothing okay. I'm underlining something oh. <laughs> It looks like after Smallville's next season We will no longer have to endure an increasingly aging Clark Kent's not becoming Superman Final fucking He's still not Superman? Nope Man, it... I haven't even watched the last season I bought I haven't bought season 8 yet Season nine's about to be on DVD Hmm is he going to finally be Superman for all of season 10? I certainly hope so, because like the finale, 
He mm-hmm. opened. Uh, you know, spoiler alert for don't anybody that has a lot. No, 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 no. no. What are you doing? I'm not. No. I'm not really giving anything away. He opens don't a box ah. and he smiles. La, 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 so, la, 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 oh, he opened a box la, la, and smiled. Yeah. So oh, okay. I'm. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping. You went there, didn't you? <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm hoping that means that like maybe he's going to get the costume or something because, goddamn. No, oh, I thought he was a Chloe reference. Okay. No. Well, they were kind enough not to use the word canceled, the Hollywood Reporter reports. After next season, season 10, Smallville is ending. So there are 10 seasons. Not bad. Not bad for a show Dude, of this caliber. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's still, it's still cruising on Michael Rosenbaum's talent, in my I, opinion. Well, he's been gone for, what, three, three four seasons. seasons now? Three seasons. But, he's but he was really good. He was really good. He's amazing. But uh, I gotta say, I this last season was pretty good next. with all the 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 DC elements that they brought in. So I mean, I'm interested to see it. I'm watching it. I well, did I mean, that geek thing where I I, I bought a bunch of cheap the whole used. Okay, thing, yeah. so. I got a bunch of them cheap used, and now I have to buy the rest because I've got I got oh, yes. season six, and I was like, well, here we go. It's, yeah, it's a law of collectors yep, right there. Law of collectors. In 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 run. Yep. Peter Cullen. The original voice of Optimus Prime mm-hmm. and the movie version, and Frank Welker, the original voice of Megatron, have been reunited. Frank Welker is the one I was trying to remember last week when I was making the funny, the funny voices. This He's... is noteworthy because they have been reunited by both having been hired to do voices for Transformers Prime, the new Transformers cartoon from Hasbro, due out later this year in its hub programming block. So yeah, Transformer cartoon with original. Voices. Did Transformers animated get canceled? I don't know. Must have. But here's a new one, so maybe just getting a, a punch in the gut. Did you like the new one? Animated? Yeah. No, I really liked the toy design, but I didn't care for the for the the anime animated. style one where they were all crazy town. The, the, the toy design is really cool, but the but they're all like whoa! It wasn't terrible. It wasn't God, terrible. it was it awful. Wasn't that, it wasn't that good. It wasn't, awful. It wasn't that great. <clears throat> well, here's on a on a kind of a sad note. Oh. Yeah. Police in Florida are searching for ailing Thunder, ailing Thundercats writer Stephen Perry, oh. who disappeared from his uh, Zephyrillus home under suspicious and possibly ghastly circumstances. <gasps> his van was found Sunday abandoned in a motel parking lot. Oh, dear. Uh, nearby, Fox 13 reports, was a man's severed arm. More remains were what? discovered at a gas station dumpster two miles away from what? Perry's home, which has been ransacked. Perry, uh, 56, is best known for his work in the mid-'80s animated series Thundercats and Silverhawks, both developed by Rankin-Bass. However, he also wrote comics like Time Spirits and Cyforce for Marvel and Wallywood's Thunder Agents for Deluxe. Hmm. So, yeah, creepy Uh, stuff going on out there. Well, you know, if I were on that investigation team, the first place I would go would be the graveyard. Because he's obviously there aging to deadly perfection. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you research this without trying to figure out what's going to trigger him. You know what? I have no clue. I never know time to time. Because it's always the the oddest things that set him off. (laughs) I mean, seriously, every Couchcast we've done, it's 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 like a completely innocuous line, and all of a sudden he... He's he's on his lap fit. It's like throwing a funny dart blindfolded. Yeah, I have exactly. No, clue. no, it's like pin the tail on the donkey. You just you, you never know what's going to stick. Waffles. <laughs> Thank you. Waffles. A student has been saved from vicious assault 
not by the boys in blue, but from the men in black. Ninjas scared off three thugs who had the misfortune to attack the 27-year-old medical student outside their warrior school. The German exchange student had been targeted by the men while he was riding the late-night train home, the Sydney Morning Herald reported. They demanded he give them his wallets, and when he refused and got off the train, they followed. They pounced as they made way through the dark alley in Sydney's west. They grabbed his phone and iPod and kicked him while he lay on the ground. However, the men were spotted by a member of a nearby dojo. Nathan Smith told his sensei and the rest of the students at Ninja Senshi Ryu, and they all rushed out to confront the thugs, all dressed in traditional black ninja garb. Upon seeing the ninjas, the men fled, only later to be arrested by police. Quote, You should have seen the look on their faces when they saw us in ninja gear coming toward them, the school sensei, Carolyn Soto, told the Herald. They also failed to notice a ninja, Nathan Smith, standing in the shadows outside the dojo. So, yeah. Ninja, foil's crime. Ninja, please! He was sitting and standing in the shadows, so he was being a shadow warrior. Yeah. Shadow of the ninja? Yeah. Shadow of the ninja. I haven't seen that. No? No. <laughs> you know what happens after you meet up with the ninja? What? Well, not a lot. Okay. Do they pop the clutch and tell Van Cleef to eat his dust? No, no. thank you. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Master Ninja. Damn, Lee Van Cleef and his Occidental Americanism. Master Ninja. If you want to watch the best ninja Lee movie Van ever Cleef. made, <laughs> the best ninja movie ever made. Master Ninja with Timothy Van Patten. No. Revenge of the Ninja. Why is the revenge the best? It's the best. It's the cheesiest, most terrible, awesome thing you've ever seen. If you've never seen it, never have. He's, Seriously, he, he played it for us one night. Like Rick and I were hanging out at his o? place. And... Yeah, Revenge of the Ninja is amazing. It's amazingly bad. Yes. So b- bad in that good way. Yeah. It's so bad. It's like what mid '80s ninja mm-hmm. hype. Like '87. <laughs> yep. It's perfect. Wall Street Journal is reporting that multiple movie theaters in New York City, where prices have consistently remained the highest, is charging a nice round $20 fee to see Shrek Forever After in their 3D IMAX theaters. So that's right, if you plan on taking your family before out to a night to see the kids' beloved Shrek, it will easily run you more than $100 if you add snack or liquid refreshments. Why don't you just buy five movies? I know it's it's uh, and and they're crying. This, yeah. this is what's keeping me out of theaters now. Twenty dollars. I am broke. I'm broke as a jizz oak. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'd like to go see Iron Man too, but I'd also like to buy a video game. <laughs> you got to make the choice. You know what I mean? It's true. Seriously, it's ridiculous. It's terrible. So much vying for your dollar, and the, the money's just jumping up, and it's gone, and it's gone. There's that, already and uh, that theater experience is not worth it to me. There's already some uh, video game companies talking about jumping up another $10 for your uh, basic game cost. Yes, but there's also some talking about knocking it down, too. So I think they'll find a happy medium at some point. Well, fear not, Paul, because uh, there was an article I read recently that the MPAA is trying to get movies into your home on demand day and date of release. Yeah, it's going to cost uh, $20 to $30 for like 30 days after or something like that. Yep. What? And then, uh, so you chip in with so, a bunch of friends and have a big yeah, movie party. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's cool. You wouldn't, and but and it would be out before it's out on DVD I'm or down Blu-ray. With that. Yeah. Might as well. But yeah, they're they're hoping to get it like you know when it's in, same day that it's released in the sure. theaters. Why not? It's going to happen. Nobody wants to go see movies anymore. 
I swear, the last it, no. I don't want to sit in somebody else's stink and have somebody throw stuff at me. And yell and talk and oh, text and... Be on their phones. Yeah. God damn it. It hurts. That's oh. a lot. You, you pay a lot for that bad experience. Yep. That's why I don't. I don't do it. Well, speaking of paying a lot for an experience, Disney is toying with the idea of charging $129.99 for the collector's edition of Tron Prophecy for the PS3 and 360. The game Does pack- it lick your balls? Because <laughs> if it doesn't lick your balls, I will not be paying $130. Well, this, uh, there's a pictures online. The pa- game package itself will double as a collector's case for bookshelves and mantles. Yes. While the packaging idea may be cool, the Tron bike in the picture looks downright lame based on the image. However, should the bike be manufactured, it would be done by Disney, Disney licensee Sideshow Collectibles. Ooh. Who are known for their collectible figures and very high quality. Good stuff. Yes. So the images that are out there are just kind of placeholder for a sideshow collectible thing. What they're showing right now is Nick's, is a uh, so, I call almost called it Nick's Sight Bike, a uh, light a cycle. Light cycle. So the legacy light cycle, it'll be like the Batman uh, bike package. Basically, it looked a, lot, a little bigger. Well, bigger, but I mean it's going to be the same kind of thing. Like kind of, yeah. A bicycle place. But it, this one had like a little case over it, so you could actually remove it from there and put something in there. It's like a little display case with a plexiglass hood. Hmm. It looked kind of neat. I don't know if it's 130 neat. It might be. It, if it comes with enough shit, I love me some Tron. That's true. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it just bite <laughs> if you'd spent that and this game turns out to be like a four on Metacritic? You know, just just everyone just says, wow, oh, wait, no, that's just this game's game? crap. That's the game. Oh, that's not the movie. No. That's the game. No. Nope. I'll buy the crazy... Fi- no. I don't <laughs> trust the game. Nope. Don't trust a game. Although, who knows? Who knows? Red Dead came out of nowhere. That's true. And it's, well, four it's, years of development, though. Yeah, we knew it was coming, but it's fantastic. I've been getting emails about it for a year. I don't know what you're talking about. It came out of nowhere. Well, I mean, as good as it is. No. It's amazing. All right, go ahead. The most famous motion capture artist in the world, Andy Serkis, uh, mm-hmm. the guy that played Gollum in the Lord of the Rings series, has opened up his own studio academy in the art of mocap photography for films and video games. Dubbed the Imaginarium, the UK-based studio was conceived during Serkis's work on some video game projects abroad, and he hopes for it to be a creative fulcrum for both industries as a whole. Quote, in the next generation of kids, you're going to see a lot of storytelling in games, and I think it's important to invest in that. I absolutely think that gaming is a massive storytelling arena in the making, and now the technology has arrived to do that. It's a fascinating time. So, yeah, you want to learn how to do the mocap? Go to UK. Good on you, He's got circus. a school now. Good on you. Everyone can learn. Good on you. And Martin Scorsese is still holding on to the idea of making a biopic about Frank Sinatra and is talking more about his approach to the film. Quite a few names have been thrown out as possible Sinatras, but his dream team for at least one segment of the film would have to be Al Pacino playing Sinatra with Robert De Niro as Dean Martin. Huh. I don't Uh, see those two as Sinatra and Martin. (laughs) I love those actors. Sure, but something like and And, you know, and they're consummate professionals. I just don't see them as Sinatra and Martin. Oh, they could sell. You know they could sell it. I I heard uh, another rumor that they might have um, Martin Lawrence as uh, Sammy Davis. This is a joke, right? No, No. Martin Lawrence as Sammy Davis. 
and Dolph Lundgren as Joey Bishop. Yeah. That's true. That's true. No, <laughs> bullshit. It's true. <laughs> what? Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. He's, well, yeah. he's a ringer for Joey Bishop. That dude has chops. Do you see him in The Punisher? And Red Scorpion? Come on. Red Scorpion. Yeah. I must How, break uh, you. Uh, excuse me, Oscar panel. <laughs> Pardon me, Academy. Knock, knock. Red Scorpion. Red Scorpion here. Ding dong, ringing your bell. Red Scorpion. Pff, man. Talk about overlooked. <laughs> but uh, you, to, to test this, you will see him soon in The Expendables. And you will see the Expendables. I'm actually very excited about the yeah. Expendables. Yeah, I saw the first, find my first trailer for Expendables, and I'm all excited now. He's really looking more and more like Joey Bishop. And a little last little piece of news. When the artist Frank Franzetta passed away, we saw a lot of hastily assembled tributes to his work. Somehow not many people pointed out that the movie Fire and Ice, the film in which Franzetta collaborated with oh, animation director Bakshi, Ralph Bakshi. Yep. But the film will get attention now. Oh, after years of trying to get a deal together, Robert Rodriguez has bought the rights Ooh, to remake shit. Fire and Ice as a live-action film through his own Troublemaker oh, Studios. Oh, shit. Rodriguez told Ain't It Cool News, what's cool is, unlike past projects that I'd get involved with that would get stalled for various reasons, I control the rights to this one. So it's actually in my power to set it up and get it made, which wasn't the case of the other projects. He also summarizes the reason he liked to remake Fire and Ice. Frank Franzetto has been so influential to artists and filmmakers, yeah. and yet we still haven't seen a Franzetta world truly come to life nope. as a live-action film. He can do it, too. So that's what I'd want to do with Fire oh and Ice. Oh, my God. He'll do it, too. Yeah, I'm very, that's neat. That's a neat prospect. That's going to be awesome. Oh, man. Hmm. I'd pay $129 for that special edition. <laughs> I probably will before it's all said and done. Love me some Sin City. All right, so that just leaves the big list before we uh, talk to Mumra tonight. So, a uh, big list is top ten politically charged, charged comics in no particular order. Do it. Yeah, let's do it. Well, these are lists of some comics that were uh, more effectively and often controversially political. Oh, uh, there's one that probably didn't make the list. What's that one? Uh, President Hitler, Grandmother Raper. <laughs> You're right, it probably didn't make the list. <laughs> So controversial, I never heard of it. <laughs> so controversial. So it controversial, it, it was print. never made. Well, it was made in someone's basement. Is <laughs> that the same people that did the Palin comic? <laughs> President Hitler, Grandma Raper. God. What? It's terrible. You want to talk about political hot button, it pushes every issue of the day. <laughs> of the day, when this come out? Huh? When did this one come out? Uh, I don't know. It, it's not real. 19, 1940s. It's, not, it's not real. It's a joke. It's yeah, a joke. yeah, of course it is. But I thought that'd be the most politically incorrect comic book I could think of. Yeah, it probably would be. <laughs> President Hitler, Grandma Raper. Great. And someone and out there is running. It's not Grandma Rapist. It. It's Grandma Raper. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not in the past. That's funny because that's that's He's not what happens in the comic. Raping grandmothers always. That's his like, full name. Yeah. Even well, because even when he's like on TV. Talking as the president, yeah. he's raping a grandmother. He's like never not raping a grandmother. This is supposed to be like the, the podium scene from uh, Police Academy. <laughs> it's like there's somebody that. under it's the like podium, that, except there's no podium. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where there'd be a podium, there's a naked grandmother oh, uh, screaming. No. <laughs> We've replaced President Hitler's podium with a screaming grandmother. Let's see if America can tell the difference. Oh, God. 
You know, some of them wouldn't. Some of them have no idea. Who? Some of them wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> it's true. Probably the uh, ones listening on the radio. I do. All right, what other political right, hot here buttons here. can we press? There we go. Number one, V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta, the oh, ultimate yes. battle okay, between sure. two extremes of government control, fascism, and anarchy. Protagonist, known only as V, is a verdant vigilante with a vengeful veracity who vehemently tries to vaccinate the top political officials of the dystopian British regime. He also plots to blow up Parliament. Following the footsteps of Guy Fawkes. Look, guys. Look, kids. Parliament. Big Ben. Boom. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Guy Fawkes masks V's trademark were worn in a protest against the Church of Scientology by Project Chenology. Then, in a protest last year of Parliament's expenses, the protesters dressed up in full V gear and set off a barrel of gunpowder outside of the Parliament building. So, yeah. Not only a charged comic, but inspirational, apparently. Number two, X-Men. God loves, man kills. The X-Men have, for a long time, been said to allegorize the tensions and struggles involved with the race, relations, and civil rights. More than just a ragtag group of superheroes, each embodies the difficulties anyone labeled as different can face, often in the extreme. And no storyline since their inception captures that definitively as God Loves, Man Kills, written by Chris Claremont, the same man responsible for the Dark Phoenix saga. This powerhouse involves one Mr. William Stryker stirring anti-mutant hysteria that results in a plot to destroy all of mutant kind. The plot has also a arc enemy Magneto join forces to stop the threat. This story is also one of the few examples of a classic comic storyline being successfully adapted for the screen. Striker, 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 striker. Number three, Persepolis. Taking the gripping medium of the comic book and centered around a tragic, compelling, and politically relevant true story, you get a phenomenal work. Persepolis is written and illustrated by Marjane Strapi. The story centers around her experiences in Iran during the nation's war with Iraq. Marjane is exposed to restrictive political and religious climates in stages from wearing a veil to being unable to voice her political views to her family. The comics also highlight the issues inherent to an official theocracy. With the establishment of an Islamic Republic comes the alienation and emigration of several of Marjian's friends. But the comics are more than just politics. They look at the positive side of the idea of nationalism. Persephilus looks at what it means to really identify with your home country and asks what it really means to betray your heritage but this is a question not even a comic book can that, answer. That I, the movie is so rough. Have you seen it? No, I've read the comic, read the but I've never comic. seen the movie version. Yeah, I mean, it's just a rough story. Yeah, it's a really tough story. That is, but that's, but it's good. It's very politically charged. Oh yeah, that, that one really is. Yeah, and in fact, there's two Persephilus comic books out there. Total. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Green Lantern featuring Green Arrow. Back in the '60s, Green Arrow was in need of a change. The whole Robin Hood thing was getting a little old, so Neil Adams and Dennis O'Neill collaborated collaborated on updating Oliver Queen, giving him an edge and facial hair. Wondering what else they might do with him, they stripped the billionaire playboy with a Batman envy of his fortune and gave him a radical bent that made him want to fight for social change. Pairing him with Hal Jordan's Green Lantern, you now have the recipe of some of the most socially conscious comic books ever to be released under any imprint. Together, the duo set off across America and faced racism, corruption, and, famous, and famously drug addiction in the form of a heroin-addicted, speedy Green Arrow sidekick. Spoiler alert, I guess. That, that storyline earned the condemnation of then-NYC Mayor John Lindsay. 
Number five, Air Pirates Funnies. Huh? Yeah. The comic itself, only the tip of the iceberg. Everyone's familiar with Mickey Mouse. So you don't need to have to go to Disneyland to understand the impact Disney has had on American society. So turning Mickey Mouse into a drug-peddling adventurer might strike you as surprising. But back in 1971, Dan O'Neill and his fellow underground cartoonists called the Air Pilots, Pirates, sorry, Air Pirates did just that, publishing a short series of comics called the Air Pirates Funnies that were a balls-to-the-wall upfront on the Mickey image. Huh. Disney predictably, predictably sued for copyright infringement, trademark infringement, and unfair competition, exactly what O'Neill wanted. And when he and his fellows were brought to court, he defiantly called his work fair use. The case was long in years and money, with O'Neill forming the Mouse Liberation Front, an organization of underground cartoonists in 1979. By 1980, Disney decided to settle, so long there was no more infringement. All this for a mouse in red pants. Number mm. six, what uh, Paul has brought to the show, Superman Red Sun. That's a good one. It's a great one. Yeah, it's a mild spoiler alert here for those coming ahead. Superman isn't in Kansas anymore. Red Sun explores a world in which Superman fell into Soviet Union's lap at the height of the arms race. In this role, he acts as the engine of the communist war machine, helping the Soviet Union take over most of the world by 2001. But the series doesn't take an overt anti-communism stance. Superman is a caring hero. He's a humanitarian just trying to help people. He even takes this desire to aid his people so far that he takes control of the communist nation. In the end, Superman ends up hiding while Lex Luthor takes over the world and leads it into peace. But he does this by implementing many of Superman's own ideas left over from his communist rule. The messages that really resonate through Red Sun are diplomacy and freedom. Invasion and enslavement never worked, but even a communist leader can create a prosperous nation. Number seven, everyone's favorite, the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah, so there it is. Everyone knows Civil War. If you don't, <laughs> go read it. Number eight, Captain America and the Falcon, Two Americas. This is the newest one. This one even, like, caught on news in the last six months. A picture is worth a thousand words, and in this case, these words are coming from angry Tea Party members. In Captain America and the Falcon, Two Americas, part one, our two heroes chance upon a protest. The frame in question features a group of nearly, if not all, white protesters holding signs that read, most notably, Stop the Socialists and Teabag the Libs Before They Teabag You. The series writer Ed Brubaker told Fox News that later of the two signs was not his own devising and was added by someone after him in the production process. While Tea Party officials, including board member Michael Johns, are protesting vehemently against the portrayal, Brubaker claims he never even intended the frame to specify portray the protesters as Tea Party members. Number nine, Why the Last Man? Yep. James Brown famously saying, It's a man's world and there is no men. Why the Last Man? Series done by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerrera explores what would happen if every male mammal on the planet, save for a man and his monkey, were wiped out. Well, naturally, shit goes crazy. The award-winning series deals with York Brown as the last man on Earth, accompanied by his capuchin monkey, Ampersand, surviving the manless world as the women left on the planet deal with their own survivor's guilt and the possibility of being wiped out as well. And the final big political one is Watchmen. Yes, Number of 10, of yeah. course. Of course, it's Watchmen. Alan Moore, after his foray into the detailed divergent narrative with V for Vendetta, wrote Watchmen as an attack on the complacency and comfort of many Reagan supporters. In 1986, Moore stated, quote, at, 
at the moment, a certain part of Reagan's America isn't scared. They think they're invulnerable. Watchmen just didn't make us question the amount of faith we put in our heroes. It made us question the idea of the hero. And that idea of the hero could apply to anyone from man on the street to the president of the United States. And that is your big list. I have, I have figured out what the most politically incorrect comic would be. Okay, give it to me. The gay midget has an abortion and marries the ghost of an illegal Mexican immigrant. Oh, wow. You just, that would just piss him off, Can you it? imagine? Who wouldn't that upset? It would even upset midgets. That's worth framing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's write that comic. Yeah, let's do it. We got the wherewithal and the artistry. <laughs> what was the, the the comic, the political comic, where the the superhero goes and slays the president? And, oh, uh, uh, Black uh, Black Summer. Black Summer. Yeah, Black Summer that by was, Warren that was Ellis. A good one. That's an incredible one. I'm surprised that wasn't on the list. Well, I, I mean, say, I guess it wasn't uh, really inspired by any like real day events. That's true. I would say some <clears> uh, <throat> some of Astro City stuff is. Yeah, Astro City. We certainly fall in that. Strong like that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to only mean one thing now. It's time to knock on the door of the pyramid. Okay, I'll go get him. All right, you go get him with Mumra. steps. All right. And here he comes. Mumra. Ooh, Good to see has you. aroused me from my slumber. Oh, it's just, just he us. He that every single well, time. It's us, us, the ugly couch show. We know we, we take up a lot of your time. Oh, yes. I remember now. What do you want of me? Well, we're hoping to lean on a little bit of your wisdom there. Uh, o- I o- have a great deal of wisdom, as I have lived forever. And uh, some of our listeners have sent in some questions, some uh, some real simple questions, but good Ask ones. Your question. All right, the first one's from uh, Steve in Indiana. Yes. Why does hair turn gray? The answer is the essential oils of the body are stripped away with age. And there is nothing left to color the hair. Also, hair ghosts. <laughs> hair ghosts? Hair ghosts? How, how, do you, how do you come across hair ghosts? That is what a gray hair is. Ah. It is the ghost of a former hair. I see. Ooh. I would have said kids are what turn your hair. Now your salt and pepper friends seem a bit more spooky, don't they? <laughs> yes, that's true. Oh, wow, never thought of it that way. I don't know how to explain mine. Head. It's a hair ghost. There you go, Steve. <laughs> hair ghost, Steve. There you go. Hair ghost. All right, this next one's from uh, Trevor in Pennsylvania. Things are still very rough in this economy. I'm beginning to consider job choices I never have before. Tell me, Mumra, how can I be a good car salesman? First, dress in something seductive and walk to the busiest intersection in your town. There you will carouse and try to have people purchase your company for sexual encounters. No, no, no. Car. Car salesman. They are both whores! (laughs) Whores! He's got a point. (laughs) Can't really argue that. There you go, Trevor. That's, uh... What of two choices now for you? Put your mouth on some mufflers before you try selling a vehicle. (laughs) 
Suck it down, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> and this one's from Jeff from Nevada. This is you. Me? No, That's no? not me. Okay. So, uh, Jeff, uh, who is in 80s, how much should I tip for a massage? Well, if you only tip, you're not going far enough in. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's... That's, uh, that's I true. think he meant gratuity, Mumra. Three inches gratuity <laughs> is fair. Three inches. Okay. All right, uh, this one's from Aaron in, in uh, Indiana. Yes, Aaron. Uh, Mumra. Ask your question to Mumra. The ever-living What is your last name? Nunya. Nunya. None your business. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair get, enough. Uh, walked right into that one. Yeah. Uh, yes, you did. Yes, uh, Mumra Nunya. What a dumb name that would be. <laughs> Mumra Nunya. Well, we well, really don't know. It doesn't sound too bad. Sounds like I could be Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> Mumra Nunya. <laughs> you know, that guy that hangs out in San Salvador. <laughs> but that is not the case. I am not Mumra Nunya. <laughs> I am only Mumra. If I had a last name, it would be the Everliving. <laughs> so you're kind of like... Bob. The Everliving! The Everliving is my last name. The Everliving. <laughs> All right. I thought Ra was his last name. The Everliving! It's okay. just hard to put on tax forms. <laughs> Not enough space in the bubbles and blocks. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and the last question uh, from... A lot the- of times people just say, Oh, is Mr. The Ever here? <laughs> oh... Or the Ev? Oh. The Ev? Is that kind of like a I just got not enough room for the rest of the name. Uh, it's, uh, this one's from uh, Ryan in Nevada. Yes, Ryan. If parents say never take candy from strangers, then why do we celebrate Halloween? It is an ancient tradition. Long ago, candy was given at the drop of a hat. But not just any candy. Delicious necroflesh aged to deadly perfection in the graveyard. I don't think he was sleeping when we were going through the rest of the. Uh... <laughs> think... That shit's been around for a long time. I know about some aged to deadly perfection in the graveyard. Have you, have you you've had some of this uh, oh, zombie yes. flesh? Oh yes. And what's your what's your review on that? What do you think of it? It tastes like chicken. That's my theme music. Yeah, this it is. <laughs> I'm glad you could provide that for us. That was my chicken impression. <laughs> Thank you. You're Aged to deadly perfection. <laughs> In the graveyard. <laughs> You're very talented, Mama. Thank you. But uh, that's all the questions uh, our uh, listeners sent. Good! To- I'm fucking tired! I know slumber. So if you have a question out there for Mamra, write to us at uh, comments at uglycouchshow.com or you can just write it in the comments section of this podcast and we'll pick that up for the next one. Great question. Paul, can you get that door? Yeah, because it gets a little drafty when you just leave it open. So. He is a loud snorer. He is. And he's, he's, he has p- opinions. He's a deviated septum is what he's got. Uh. 
I don't, I don't how he can be that loud when he's down there in the pit of ultimate evil. Yeah. I don't. Anyway, it's echo chamber effect or something. Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. Well, that is itch for couch itch. That's the itch that's for couch cash fifty two. Uh, if you've got something to tell us, write to us at comments at uglycouch.com. Write to us in the comments section and watch The Ugly Couch Show itself, our video podcast, where we tell you what to read, what to watch, what to play. Yes, which is back up. Sorry for the uh, the delay. There was some uh, miscommunication between Barry and I before he, uh, sorry, Sir Barris of Rob, before he went on his wiener tour of England. That'll happen. That'll uh, happen. Yeah. Please don't send us any emails unless they have been aged to deadly perfection of the graveyard. Oh, yes, thank first. you. It's going to be his new thing. It would be appreciated. <laughs> Which mine is. Yeah, monkey scratch. <laughs> so until the next cast, I am Master Torgo. I am aged to deadly perfection in the graveyard. <laughs> in the 80s, Jeff. All right. And Weekend Geek happens next week. Tune in to Couch Cast. We'll talk to you then.